Dr. Ron B. Smith Jr. <laughs> Welcome to Front Sight. Oh man. Alright, so I'm gonna have to decorate my office obviously different each time we record. And yes, <laughs> we do have a cowhide covering a table today. <laughs> right? Oh, That's man. what happens when you put men in charge of designing. Yeah. I'm sitting right on the cow lick right now. You're sitting right on the cow lick. I think it looks awesome. Yeah. I yeah, like cool. it. I like it. You guys can't really see it, obviously, but we, um, I don't know. We were like, can we do something different than have a white table in here? And I didn't want to also just throw a black tablecloth on it. So um, I stole the cow rug from my bedroom floor. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Raina. Here it is. Thankfully, when she listens to this, maybe I've already told her what I've done. It's nice. (laughs) It is nice. Welcome, 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 welcome to Front Sight. Again, who is in the room? Uh, you have in the room with me today, again, Jacob Miller. Howdy, howdy, howdy. All right. And so new dad, new husband, uh, feeling like a new man probably now because he's getting more than three and a half hours of sleep at night. Woohoo! Yeah, that's big. That's huge. And in the room, once again, Rodney Kilborn. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. All right. Here we are. All right. So we are in episode three. Man, thank you guys for um, staying in, hanging in with us. And so... We're spending probably the first three or four episodes of Front Sight really explaining why Front Sight. Like, I need you guys to get the biblical concepts that we discuss in 2 Timothy 2 before we get into things like um, winning the battle of your mind, Um, negativity is positively killing you, Um, how to protect the home front, how to honor and love on your wife, how to have conversations with your kids. Because every one of those episodes, podcasts, stems out of this understanding. All right, so here's where we are today. We are still in 2 Timothy 2, and the title of this episode is The Real Iron Man Event. Here's where Paul says, uh, he gives us three illustrations, and he says that a good soul, a good, a godly man is, number one, a soldier, number two, he's an athlete, and number three, a farmer. Wow. Wow. Come on, right? We're going to hit all all of these today. So here, what is the real Iron Man? You know, here's a question. When I was putting this together, I I did ask myself, do I have what it takes to to compete in, complete a triathlon? I don't think so. (laughs) I really don't. I want to think, like, I still feel like I may be 18 at times, but then I have to remind myself I'm 53 um, what about you guys, Jacob, Rodney, however y'all want to chime in? Do, do, have you ever wanted to, and do you think you could? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've done it before. I've done a mini, I haven't done a full what? try. I've done a mini try before. I used to, I used to be quite active in sports. No, wait, okay. I'll probably, this is going to show some ignorance here. What's a mini triathlon? The, the sprint distance? Is that what you did? Yeah. I mean, they, they're there's, all not the four. same. They're, okay. They're, I mean, I've seen, I've been to two that had different distances. You know, it could be a three mile run, mile swim, and like a 12 or 15 mile bike ride. But I've seen a half mile like swim sprint. Okay. Um, so I used to, I used to train for one, and there was, uh, 
at least when I was um, training for it, there was four distances. There's the sprint, the Olympic, half Ironman, and Ironman. And Wait, what? Ironman is further than like Olympic? Yeah. Okay, then my answer is no. But <laughs> I, 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 had, I had no idea. I yeah. so okay. Well, okay. Educate me a little bit on this. What are what's the distances of an Ironman? Before I speak out of total yeah, ignorance, I, I have it right here. Actually, I was just looking it up before this. Awesome. Um, an Ironman is almost a four mile swim. Okay. No, 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 no. That's kilometers. Oop. So almost four kilometer swim. It's a hundred and eighty kilometer bike ride and a forty two kilometer run. Wow, I'm still learning what where what metric and inches are on the ruler. How far is a kilometer? Uh, it's a little it's like forty-seven days. <laughs> miles. So here, long. All right, here we go. Two and a half mile swim, a hundred and twelve mile bike, and a twenty-six mile run. What the mess? That's yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm with Rodney. I'm, I'm into <laughs> I'm into mini triathlons. Yeah. That's not even. Right. I mean, it would have to be like a super mini at this point. Exactly. Yeah. I'm having trouble getting out of this chair. When I'm done, so. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't even get through adventure camp. So. <laughs> <laughs> I blew out my knee on the last day of coaching basketball. Now, what's so funny? Okay, adventure camp is what our church, Waterstone Church, does for um, kiddos. We have two weeks of it. Rodney is over a section of recreation. Now, you know, picking on us, Rodney, I mean, you did play college football. Come on, right? Yeah. Yes, I played the Marine Corps, and then I played semi-pro, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so yeah. So we, yes, I mean, at, at one point we were uh, um, actively involved in sports, and um, I, you know, I played soccer. I, I don't think I could um, compete, and I say that. I'd like to maybe think that I could try. So I played soccer. I could run, but I, I don't like running. Like, it takes a whole lot of motivation to get me to run, and I don't think I could now. Swimming, I'm okay yet. I mean, you know, you have to do like the – 2,000 yards or whatever it is, you know, swim qual kind of a deal for Marine Recon. Barely kind of did that. Um, you know, biking, man, I'm just not one to sit on my behind that long. I just, you know, <laughs> I'd hurts. like to think I, it hurts. Now, I didn't know that. It's well, a lot harder. This. It's a completely different set of muscles and endurance. Oh, gosh, yeah. Now, my brother-in-law, um, I just found out. I knew he can he competed and did things like this. I think he's been in like over twenty six triathlons. Good grief! Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but dead the, man walking. But I mean, right? I've all you know in the first like seven years of marriage, I'm like, this guy never gains weight. He's still like a waist size thirty two, um, and he's six four. I mean, he's in, in extreme great shape. I I don't know that I could. So all right, here's where we are today, though. We're going to talk about the real Ironman event. So as hard as that is. Um, and if you listen to episode two, if not, go back um, because you're going to discover the one ingredient that's going to help you um, compete, even complete. Like we can't be soldiers, um, godly men, soldiers in our faith, if we don't have the grace of God. We can't be athletes. We won't be able to perform um, how we are, if you, you know what I mean, like perform, um, run the race kind of a thing, the race of faith. Um, if without grace, and we, we have to understand some concepts of farming. Believe it or not, we have to learn concepts of farming. Um, now, one of the hardest jobs I ever I have ever done in my life. Um, I lived, I grew up in in North Carolina, and just forty five minutes away was like tobacco capital mm-hmm. of the world. And my dad owned a construction company, and like all the all the workers would pick on me. No, you're the boss's sign. You don't ever do any hard work and stuff like that. 
And um, even though they would come in like half drunk and something like, well, I'm anyway. Anyway, moving on. Um, you know, they, they say you, you never really you different know, episode, right? Different episode. If you want a hard day's work, come prime tobacco with us. Now, if you're not mm. familiar with that term, it's basically picking tobacco. Um, and you prime like the first row prime is a prime closest to the ground, and you kind of keep going up. I'll never do that again in my life. They were absolutely right. That job abs that that job just about broke, literally killed me. Um, and so it kills your back. It kills your back, and it, of course you're harvesting at the hottest times of the season. But anyway, my point is this: the grace of God works on you and I to be good soldiers, good athletes, and good farmers. All right, so let's dig into this. You guys ready? Let's 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 dive right into this text and just pull a few things out on this. Okay, what is it? How are we? How does God make us to be good soldiers, good athletes, and good farmers? Why does Paul give us these three analogies? So here we are. Number one, a man of God demonstrates the the attitude, listen, the attitude of a good soldier. Now, he says this, no man of war gets entangled with the affairs of this world Mm. so that he can please his commander-in-chief. Okay, here it is. So as as you and I, as dads, husbands, men, uh, followers of Christ, and we want to understand our role, so we can lead our families, lead ourselves, lead our wives, influence culture. Those are the purposes of front sight. If we can do those things, then we cannot get tangled up in stuff we should not be tangled up in. Yeah. Right? Now, you, you know, Ronnie, obviously being in the military, like these guys first first taste of freedom right out of boot camp, man, they're all buying like crotch rockets and and you know, they're they're just going out and doing stupid stuff off base. I mean, Jacob, right after you guys graduated high school, you saw a lot of your friends, you know, bolt out and just do stuff that they weren't allowed to do. So, an immediate taste of freedom. They lose their brains. Yeah. And where at one at one point they're on a great trajectory in life mm-hmm. and with just some few like a few quick dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. And they're off course. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So a good soldier, a man of God has an attitude of a good soldier. What is that attitude? I have to please my commander-in-chief. Remember, we are at war. Now, when you sign up, if you know what I mean, when you become a follower of Christ, when you're born again, you enlisted in a war, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And in that war, you're fighting against your flesh, sin, the devil, the world's philosophy. And you and I have to realize, guys, listen, you have to realize you're at war and you cannot get entangled with the affairs of this world, or it, it, it's going to rob you of your walk with Christ. So let's talk about that. How do we do that? Well, number one, good soldiers are willing to suffer for Christ. Yeah. Like people who enlist in the military, they do that knowing that they're going to have to suffer, possibly even give their lives. Mm-hmm. Last night I was watching a documentary on Black Hawk Down mm-hmm. and doing kind of a walkthrough. And it was so awesome how they did it. They did it from the eyes of, of command that wasn't in the U.S., command there on the ground. They did it from other helicopter pilots. They did it from the quick reaction force. They did it from the, uh, the, the rangers. They did it from all those guys that were supporting, that enlisted in, you know, for this moment. And I, and, and I love, I don't love what he said. It was kind of cool how he said, he goes, at the moment that a helicopter goes down, all those forces are called up. Mm. They're ready. And you got to determine then what is the battle plan. And he goes, because a helicopter that's down is a baited ambush. 
Think about that for a moment. In other words, here's what I took from it. And one of those things is whenever, wow. right? It's just now hitting you. Like whenever I'm down, like whenever I get involved in something, whenever I'm taken down in some, in some area of my life, that's a baited ambush for the enemy to come in and cause and just attack me in every other area of, of where I'm at. Well, get after your family, come after your family, come after your emotions, your job, your ego, your I mean everything. Right? It's it's under attack. Well, remember, people who enlist in the military know that they they might have to give their lives, and this is what everybody everybody they interviewed from I'm talking from PFC to uh, it, now they were lieutenant colonels, but then they were like captains, right? Everybody said this. As soon as they got into that kill zone, here's what everybody said. I just looked up to the sky and I said, well, this is where I end my life. Mm-hmm. I, wow. I know that. I signed up for this. They, one guy was like, bullets are flying. And, and first first street, it was like ping, 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 ping. Then it was like, and, and they all, he's like, this is, this, is where it's, this is where it's it. I'm going to end my life here. This is how. And I'm going out in a blaze of glory, if you will. Christians need to know that when you become a follower of Christ, you enter in a battle. Mm-hmm. And if you go ahead and give up your life, you don't have to worry about losing your life. If you just deny yourself, then you can fight that life. Good soldiers are willing to suffer. Here's the next one, okay? How do I become a good soldier, then an athlete, then a farmer? Good soldiers stand with other soldiers. One of my favorite docu-series or mini-series is The Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. One of my favorite songs, and I think it's this is their song, it's the Requiem of a Soldier. Have you ever heard that song, the yeah. Requiem of a Soldier? Oh, my gosh, phenomenal. Like eight years ago for uh, July 4th, they put on this um, show, and this one gal sang that. I, I, I've never forgotten that, all right? so But here's my point. Good soldiers stand with other shoulders. Guys, we can't do this alone. There's no such thing as lone rangers. As a matter of fact, in the in the Bible, you will never hear the word saint, singular. It's always plural, saints. Mm. We're connected. We're we're a body. Uh, we're we're in a, we're in, a, in an army. Listen, if if you if if you make this statement, I live my life best on my own. You've already lost. Mm. Yeah, you've already lost. There's no such thing as as lone rangers uh, in, in the Christian life. You, you and I get assassinated so easily. We, we, we were made for others. We were made for community. All right, so a good soldier focuses on their job. Now, we've touched on this. By avoiding distractions. Okay. Now, believe this or not, a career can be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Okay, believe this or not, family can be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Say, wait, Pastor Ron, I think you I thought you were trying to make us like better at being dads and better husbands. And now you're telling me family's a distraction? Yeah, if you're not careful, right? Remember the story of Job? Job and his three friends, his three friends and his wife. His wife even told him to curse God and die. Like, if you're not careful, sometimes your 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 family can have other priorities that are not the priorities of God. Like they can take you off course. Okay, at my stage and age of life. I'm just now sitting down with other men my age, and this is what what many of them are saying. I thought travel athletics was what my child needed and wanted. Hmm. Now, I'm not against travel athletics. Listen, I played soccer year-round. From fourth grade until 11th grade, I played soccer year-round. I played school, I played city, I played select, and I played travel. 
I played year round. Um, but my parents always had me in church. Now, granted, that was different times in the seventies and eighties. Now they they intentionally schedule games and right. photo shoots. You know, yeah. right? But back then they didn't take over your Sunday. Now it, you know there there is no Sunday. Exactly, Sunday's open game. Back then it was yeah. So uh, granted, times are different. But my point is, yes, family can be a distraction. In other words. Even in trying to provide for them and please them and be with them, you can get dissuaded or moved off of the object, uh, the objective of your faith. Entertainment um, is is an entanglement. Um, there's so many things, right? But you and I know that we cannot get distracted and entangled in things that keep us off mission. A good soldier aims to please his commanding officer. Listen to Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. The fear of people becomes a snare. Hmm. All of us in some level are people pleasers. And, to, and, and there's nothing wrong with, how do I say this? There, there's nothing wrong with pleasing people, like being hospitable, if you know what I mean. Like we're not supposed to be ugly. <laughs> like the Bible says, I'm not supposed to please you. Take that. <laughs> All right? Yeah. You know, get it yourself. No, that's not what it means. I'll remember that when Brandy gets home. Exactly right. No, don't. Thank you, Pastor Ron. The oh, end. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is the end. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Funny. No, it doesn't mean you're not hospitable. It just means that you are you're you don't ever make your aim to please people more than you choose to please God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to get the approval of man? Or am I getting the approval of Christ? Am I a slave of people? Am I a slave to the process? Am I a slave to other priorities rather than am I a slave, if you will, um, to God and to to serving Him? So that's what it means to sort of be a a good athlete. Now let's look at, I mean, a soldier. Let's look at athlete. This is so interesting to me, this terminology that he uses. So when, when Paul switches, he's not just like ADD. Right? He's not just going, oh my gosh, you got to be a good soldier and then an athlete, then a farmer. This is extremely intentional why he's saying this. Okay. Because anyone knows, one, a good soldier, you're signing up, you're enlisting in a war. Well, an athlete knows that he or she is, is signing up to compete and they want to complete. They want to be crowned as the winner. Okay. So hang on to that. Well, the Bible tells you and I that that we are in this race, and we want to run this race, and we want to finish this race, and I want to receive the crown of life, Paul calls it. Now, I did a little study. Here's something cool that I found out. To be an athlete in the times that Paul was writing, first of all, they had to be a true-born Greek, equivalent to you and I being a new believer. Secondly, they had to prepare at least 10 months for the games, and watch this. They had to swear that, that that commitment before the statue Zeus. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Now, third, they had to compete with specific rules for a given event. Now, watch. If they failed in any of those requirements, meant automatic disqualification. Oh, here's the point. Many Christians don't even know the rules of faith. They don't know the rules of grace. They don't know who they're pledging allegiance to. Mm. They're not giving a commitment. They just think, "Oh, I went to church, so now yeah. God's, you know, we're okay." And no, I'm money, not a bad person. I'm not a bad person. Things will be okay. No, 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 no. Most Christians don't know the rules, or even worse, they kind of make up their own, um, right? And so, number one, 
a, a good athlete knows what rules to play by. What are the rules? The, the rule book's the Word of God. Yeah. Um, it, it clearly lays out for you, like, what does it look like to compete? Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, straining forward to those things which are ahead. I'm, I'm going after the call of God in Christ Jesus on my life. The point is, an athlete's on a strict diet. He's on a strict comp- competition scale. He's 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 dieting for his strength. He's he's training for his body. All of those things, right? So many times we don't do those as followers of Christ. Again, we just think if I went to church and took the kids to church, all is good. No, Paul says I I work out my body daily. In other words, what he said. Now I said it that way because I grew up King James version, and. The old guys that were overweight, the King James says this, I buffet my body daily, if you know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. They switched the word from buffet to buffet. Four trips. Yeah, four trips. They said, I buffet my body daily. Yeah. Hmm. Like they go to the Golden Corral, like Rodney just said, they take four trips back to the buffet. Uh, There's a lot of guys that are spiritual porkers. Right, all they do is consume and never contribute. They're just laying around on the couch and just um, no. Don't be a spiritual porker. Right, you you, you won't finish the race. Uh, the devil's going to take advantage of that. But let me get to the let me get to the heart of this. Mm-hmm. I think we understand to be a soldier means you're enlisting, you're going to war. I think we get that. I think we understand the concepts of athletics. Mm-hmm. You got to compete. You got to diet you, you, to win the prize. If you yeah. don't. You don't don't even show up, right? Yeah. But have you ever thought that a godly man, a man of war, is actually also a good farmer? Mm-hmm. So he says here, Paul switches from sports to agriculture. Now watch, he tells Timothy that to be a man of God is modeling a hard-working farmer. Notice the words, works hard. Mm-hmm. It works hard. It means to toil intensely. It means to sweat and to strain to the point of exhaustion if necessary. There I'm literally reading the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance definitions of the the term works hard. Okay, So a man of God is a farmer. Now, many Christians think they don't have to work hard. They think, well, if I just wait and trust... Right, it's almost like the Corona beer commercials. I hate to say that they just think like just put a slice of fruit in my bottle and sit on the beachside, and God will bless. No, 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 no. You have to work hard, right? Like you, you have you, you have to put the effort of obedience, of trust, of spiritual discipline is just that. It's yeah. being disciplined spiritually, but instead of disciplining themselves, um, they get nothing out of it. So therefore, they're just sort of apathetic. They're lazy, and, and, and then they're like, well, well, God, why aren't you doing something? Why don't I have a heart for your word? Why do I not have a heart for prayer? No, no, no. Listen to Philippians 2. Continue working out your salvation with awe and reverence. For the one bringing forth in you is the desire and the effort for the, for the work of God's pleasure in your life. We should work because God is working in us. That goes back to grace. Mm-hmm. Grace is a tool that, man, it's working out those kinks. It's working out the, the competition aspects. It's, 
it's like working the muscles when you're in the biking. It's working out the muscles when you're swimming. It's it's working out the exercises. Hey, Ronnie, do you remember um in mil- in the Marine Corps when when Grass Week came? You remember strapping up to this to the rifle, and at least for us, you know, we were um, First Battalion Alpha Company and and so forth. Remember having to strap the the uh, rifle or strap yeah. around your arm, and they were like, get it tight, eat, make that rifle snap in. Even if your arm goes numb, do it during grass week because when it goes numb, when you're out there for qualification, you'll be used to it. And I saw, probably like you, I saw so many guys that loosened up the strap during grass week. When they got out to quals, right, man, they failed miserably. And it hurt, man. I looked down the color and watched the color of my hand change from like pink and red to like white, gray, and blue. But after a while, like I didn't think about it. After at least the first round, it was it was done. Yeah, and and my, that's my point. Like we get that. Like you have to work out. Grace works out the kinks. It works out the flaws. That's painful. It's a process, and a lot of folks don't want to do it. Well, how does that relate to being a farmer? Listen to First Corinthians fifteen. Always be outstanding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Have you ever thought about the work of a farmer? Mm. Man, farmers have to be patient. Yeah. Christian farmers have to be patient. I mean, think about that. The farmer works hard, toiling, tilling, planting, watering. He, he works hard, but he still waits on God to make the fruit grow. I mean, that's that's what you and I do. We can do what we can do, but God has to give the increase. So I don't know about you, but patience is not one of my strengths. And when I when I hear God give me a word or I'm ready, it's taken me years to learn just to to do the work and let God bring the results. It's also kind of interesting, you know, the 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 comparison Paul's making. We we con especially in today's society it's like everyone's waiting for that epiphany, for some enlightenment to take the first step instead of taking the first step and in moving in that direction. You know, they, they want, you know, they want to be coexed. They want to be, right. you know, and, and this it's farming is completely opposite. Everything you do for the next 10 months is going to be the difference in you yielding a crop. So if you, if you're lazy in the first six weeks, you're done. Mm. Boom, yeah. boom, exactly. Mm. It's exactly what we're talking about. So, all right, so what does it mean to be a man of God? Well, you've got to learn to be patient. You do the work. Listen, you do the work, but God brings the harvest. Now, here's number two. They have to be, and this is my biggest point, I think, of this entire episode. Um, Christian farmers, godly men, must be faithful in the mundane. Yeah. Wow. I mean, anybody, oh, I say anybody, most of us, let me, let me use those words, most of us can work hard when we see results. Mm-hmm. And we can work hard when it's like big things to work for, right? But it's being faithful in the humdrum, the tedious, the unexciting. Guys, I'm telling you, this is where it makes the difference for you and I to become men of God. Most of the Christian life is being faithful in the mundane, the everyday, ordinary task. We don't always experience seasons of 
of harvest or seasons of revival. Listen, most of most of the time, life includes hard labor with little fruit and little encouragement. Hmm. However, it's probably in those seasons where most of the work is taking place. My goodness, how true is that in being a parent, right? Like everything we're pouring into our kids at such a young age, we don't think or we can't see. And then all of a sudden when they're like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, or they're 15, 16, 17, 18, and now with my girls, 20, soon to be 20, I'm going to have all kids in the 20s, soon to be 20, 22, or 23. Think about that. Now that they're in their 20s, 25, I mean, think about that. Now I'm just now seeing the results of things that we did when they were little. So obviously my daughter is the mother of uh, Benjamin Jacob Miller, and she sent me a text the other day of uh, to the group, you know, her singing to um, Benjamin and so forth. And, and all of a sudden, like, that's exactly what Rain and I did. Exactly what she's doing is exactly what, what we did. How cool is that that 25 years later, that's my point, you know how many yeah. days and moments and hours were in those 25 years? There's a lot of humdrum. There's a lot of unexciting. There's a lot of mundane. Listen, guys, I'm telling you, this is the biggest point I'm making, and, and, and then we're done with this podcast because we're sitting on this for a few minutes. Most of the Christian life is being faithful in the mundane task, like um, working it out. Like you got to put you you've got to put the work in. It's it's a grind, and I get it. I get it, guys. How do you remain full when you've got a grinding, grueling schedule? Sunday was awesome, let's just say, with family and kiddos. But I mean, you're back at it Monday morning. You're back up at early lunches, bags packed on the school bus, dropping them off, in the school line, uh, wherever it may be, right? And then and the whole time you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to make 100 phone calls today. Or you're like, I've got to get some major PowerPoint presentations, or I've, I've got to prepare this speech. Whatever line of work you're in as a dad, like, you know, a lot of our guys are in, in huge trades. You know, they're building pools. They're, they're wiring commercial buildings. And they're like, if I don't get this many things wired – I'm going to be so far behind. I don't know if I can. I mean, that daily grind, that mundane, and you're wanting to hear God's voice. You're wanting to see things happen, and and you're 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 usually not. Like, how often do our kids run up to us and go, "You're just an awesome, godly man," right? I mean, mm-hmm. and and that you know, I mean, they every once in a while they do, but I mean, you don't hear that often. Yeah. And so my point is that grind. Listen now, listen the grind can wear you down if you're not full with the grace of God. That's why grace is that essential element. And, and I know, Rodney, you had a unique perspective on it when we were talking um, through this, your journey in, in corporate America and now coming into you know vocational ministry. Talk a little bit about that and sort of this, the, the lesson you learned on the mundane. What's, what's the lesson for your life? Well, yeah, just, you know, it works— it works in every direction. Like you can, you can get so focused also on the grind that you forget the little, and, and they, and they are also mundane things, but you know, it's like, I have the don't say no policy and it's still even hard for me, but you know, you got to show up for your kids. You have to, 
that has to be a priority. And if you can't turn it off mm. and go do the other little things that mm. matter and you can't prioritize, you know, you're, you're like, you can have a successful business and you can have all the clients and, and all of that stuff and have a completely miserable family. Right. And I don't, I don't right. ever remember looking back and we didn't have much when I grew up and there's probably a lot of people like that. I never looked back and thought, I wish we had more money. Mm. I don't think any kid ever does that. You're, it, you just wish you had more time. Yeah. Wow. And so it's like, it's, it's remembering to, to, to all of the, you, you say menial, there's a lot of task, not just focus on the four or three or four things that we are good at or like doing it's focusing on the other six that we're not good at mm. and we need to develop ourselves and it, it test our patience, test our, our skills, test our, our, our temperament, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, again, remind us what we're talking about here. We're talking about the real Iron Man event. Paul says that uh, a godly man is a soldier. He's an athlete and he is a farmer, Right. And so what we just learned, and we've got a few more points on this farming aspect, is that most of the Christian life is is fulfilled in being patient in the small, menial, mundane task. Not everything um, in the Christian life is the harvest, is the revival, or the big moments. And guys, if you're not full of the grace of God found in Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, then when the grind gets on you... Uh, the grace is going to be hard to co- it's going hard to come through. Well, with that, Christian farmers, you got to have hope for a harvest. Mm. So while you're in the grind, you're doing that because you know what you're planting, and you know it's going to, you're going to see a harvest. Now, there's two types of harvest naturally, and there's others, but there's two broad harvest. Um, there's the harvest of the fruit of the spirit, right? In Galatians chapter five, that we become. Uh, a man full of the fruit of the Spirit. And then there's a the salvation of souls. It's it's bringing more people into the kingdom. But along the way, it's like you're harvesting um, your children's respect. You're harvesting mm. your children's future. You're harvesting your wife honoring you and loving you. And like I said in episode two, I want men that when they walk into the house, the wife feels at peace and secure. She doesn't grow tense and insecure and wondering, you know, did he have a good day or a bad day kind of a thing. No, no, no. That's a harvest, man. When you can, when you know that you've earned your wife's honor um, and respect, well, you've earned your kids' respect and they honor you, and right, that, that, that's, that's all brought out through that harvest as a farmer. Um, so, yeah, those are the different harvests of the fruit of the Spirit, salvation of souls. Here's the last one. Now, we also ended on this in Episode 2, but I have to hit it again in episode three. A man of God is a faithful Bible student. Mm. And he sort of wraps all of that up. In other words, I can't be a good soldier. I can't be a good athlete. can't be a good farmer unless I'm in the Word of God. So here it is, guys, really quick. How do you survive the mundane? You get into the Word of God. So to understand the Scripture, you have to study it. Um, to understand Scripture, you have to rely on it. Just two quick things. I unfortunately, I meet too many men that are not in the Bible, nor do they know how to study the Bible. Mm. And again, if you're not full of the grace of God, the grind will wear you down. The grace of God is a tool, but it also is a process. And that 
that grace helps you work through the process. Like you will not be a true triathlete, soldier, um, athlete, farmer, if you're not in the Word of God. Okay, so so let's let's dial this in. Um, dialing it in, taking aim at front sight men. We had we have to rely on the grace of God. We learned that. You got to learn to faithfully teach God's word. You got to demonstrate the attitude of a good soldier. You got to compete like an athlete according to God's rules, like he has that process. You got to work hard like a farmer, and you got to faithfully study the Bible. So, you know, we, we, we started this thing out. Have you ever thought about completing a triathlon? Do, do you think you could? Um, the, the, the Christian walk of, of faith, becoming this man of God, is that. And he kind of broke it down for us. So instead of, what is it, bike, swim, run, you know, it's fight like a soldier, it's compete like an athlete, and plant like a farmer. Yeah. Um, those are the areas that that we sort of work things out. All right, so how are you guys doing today? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, doing great. yeah no complaints. No complaints. It's all good. What and what do you want to share as we close this thing out? What what do you guys want to want to share? We're about to wrap this up. And thank you all so much for listening. What do you guys want to share as we wrap this up? Hmm. I mean, I this has been great overall. I mean, the mundane thing that that's that's mm. what I needed to hear today, honestly, because it, it has been getting back into the mundane, and that's just it's, it's important to know. Okay, let's let's focus on the Lord because His grace is what's only going to fill this gap. You know what I mean? So that, for one, is just something that I definitely needed for today. Okay. How about you, Rodney? Yeah. I just, you know, I I think of, like, you're using the analogy of, of a triathlon, and if you just focus on the swimming part, hmm. you it, can lose the race. Uh, You'd be the best swimmer in that entire bunch and lose the race by a mile. Wow. Yeah. And it's a t- it's a different set of muscles. It's a different set of skills and and endurance and cardio. So, you know, it's a lot of little mundane things. You know, and um, staying in the word is right at the top. You know, like if if you don't if you don't have good cardio, you're not going to swim, bike, or run. You know, and so, uh, but it's very easy. Like I was saying earlier, see, it's really easy to pour into the things that you're, that you enjoy more, that you like. Like if you're over analytical, you can dive into, you know, all kinds of apologetic stuff, oh, and you'll man. spend eighty percent of your time on yeah four percent of the you know of of the issue, you know. Right. So, you know, you you really have to temper your time, and you know, I'm always I don't know about you guys, but I'm always. You know, it's easy to just race in the stuff that you're that's in your wheelhouse, but when you got to step outside the comfort zone, it's you got to stay faithful in doing that stuff. All right, so let's close with this. If you're if if right now we're evaluating our walk as a uh, triathlon, which one do you think you're better at? You think you're better at being a soldier, an athlete, or a farmer? Hmm, that's good. I mean, I feel like I'd probably be better at. Ah, oh. maybe the farmer part. Mm. You know what I mean? I can see that. Yeah, keeping steady because I mean the others are definitely um, not as good. But I mean, just keeping it, keeping it there. I mean, um, the balance is everything. It's hard to keep that balance um, to keep it steady to kind of look for the future um, and plan for it now. 
but it's it's something that is important and I try to keep my mind on um, in in every season. But yeah, that's what. All right, Rodney, what about you? Which one do you think you're? I think I think soldiering is kind of a natural yeah uh, thing for me. So I don't. I've never you know I was in the Marine Corps, so I never really had to think about that. It is ironic how quickly we're willing to give our life and and sacrifice what yeah. we do for our country, but you know we're not willing to do that for Christ. But that is so true. But if I was gonna pick, you know, like I would say, I'm kind of like Jacob. I think uh, being an athlete is, is probably at this point uh, making sure that you have to continue to work and develop stamina is is kind of the difficult focus for me. Farming is a focus for me because I have young children. So it's like wow. everything I'm doing yeah. now is yeah. going to matter 10 years from now. So yeah. I've got to, so, you know, I probably, you know, it's easy for me to be a soldier. I'm focused on being a farmer. I have to work a lot harder at being an athlete. Wow. And that, that's probably the case physically. <laughs> How funny. As well. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, guys. So here it is. We're, we're just, we're wrapping this up. Episode um, three. What the the real Iron Man event? Here's where it is, guys. You got to work on being a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. So thanks for listening in. And next time we're on episode four, we're talking about this right here. Negativity is positively killing you. How to win that battle in your head and in your mind. Thank you guys for listening to Front Sight, taking aim at biblical manhood. Talk to you soon. See ya.